Why would Andy Ludwig want to leave Utah to go to Notre Dame? We're talking about the pros and cons on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Appreciate all of you continue to subscribe and support our show on YouTube. We're hovering around 915 subscribers at the moment, I believe, so can't thank you guys enough for your support. We'd love to interact with you guys in the YouTube comments. Also, you can follow the show on social media at Locked on Utes, or follow me at JT Wistersill. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking Andy Ludwig to Notre Dame. Rumors continue to persist. Last we heard reports, he was still the favorite for the job. Will he accept it? We don't know exactly what he will do. Only Andy Ludwig knows that. But we can look into why he might want to accept it or why he might want to stay at Utah. And if he's watching, help him make that decision. And in order to help us do that, it's friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor, Dante Guardi. And Dante, First, starting with the pros, I think the pros of the reasons why Andy Ludwig would want to go to Notre Dame. I think the first big one that jumps out to me is the talent. Historically, and this year included, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, Notre Dame brings in better recruiting classes than Utah. Notre Dame is still one of the meccas of college football. This ties into another thing I kind of have, but just the history of that program is at a certain place and at a certain level where the ceiling for where you can get a Notre Dame to, I think, is there's a, I don't think it's insane to say that at some point Notre Dame could win the national championship again. Now, it feels like they're far off from that, but that just shows you the difference in potential, I think. Because we've talked about it before. I think Utah's ceiling is like what TCU just did one of these years, having everything strike right. But it feels like it's hard when you get in that game against an Alabama or a Georgia for it to work out in your favor versus for Andy Ludwig. I just feel like with the talent you can bring in, I feel like you have a better chance if you want to to build a serious contender in college football. Yeah, 100%. You know, we were looking at this past Utah recruiting class, and it was the best one we've ever seen, some fantastic players coming in. But you look at Notre Dame's, I mean, this is an average year for them in terms of recruiting. They're 11th in recruiting. They have 20-plus four-star recruits, whereas Utah has, I believe, five to six, depending on where you look. So, I mean, the talent in Notre Dame is exponentially better uh, than it is at Utah. And then you just think of everything else that comes with Notre Dame, like being in those bright lights nonstop and having the chance to – to really perform well for one of the premier programs in college football. It's a, it's a really appealing offer. And then you obviously, you got to look at the players that Notre Dame has coming back um, on their roster this coming season as well. You know, they just brought in Sam Hartman, the Wake first quarterback. I don't think he's as good as some people are making him out to be, but he has been in college football. He's been a starter for, I believe, four years now. Um, he really knows the game. And I mean, he made some spectacular throws over the course of the last couple of seasons and he had some really good receivers they was throwing to, but then outside of him, you still got Audric Estime, one of the better running backs in college football, a bruiser. He averaged like four yards after contact per carry, really good player. And then their their tackle duo, uh, Blake Fisher and, and Joe Alt is, in my opinion, without a doubt, a top three tackle duo in college football, arguably the best. You know, they're both returning and they were both underclassmen last year, both played extremely, extremely well. Notre Dame was one of the best teams in pass pro and run blocking. Um, just go ahead and watch their bowl game against South Carolina. Joe Alt was everywhere, getting in the second level really quickly, just pancaking linebackers left and right so I mean they got some, they got some really good players there and it's a really appealing offer for Andy Ludwig and I mean as unfortunate as it is to say because he's done some really great things for Utah um, it, it would shock me if he were to not take this job. I agree I feel like we're trending in that direction too in terms of a couple of these things we're talking about one of them being the talent I think the other thing that's really appealing is this kind of situation he'd be going to with Marcus Freeman it feels like Marcus Freeman 
would control and watch over more of the defense. And Andy Ludwig would have almost total control of the offense. Brian Brown was on our show. We talked about this yesterday about how, you know, college football coaches are kind of operating as CEO types now where they just want to turn that's one side of the ball over. We see a lot of the most successful coaches. Um, I think about, yes, Lincoln Riley and USC did not end their season the way they wanted to, but think about all the success they had with Lincoln Riley controlling the offense and Alex Grinch controlling the defense. I think as much control as Andy Ludwig has over the offense at Utah, I think he'll always have coach Wade a little bit being like, ah, we need to do this. We need to do that. And yes, Marcus Freeman will be involved in the bigger decisions, but I do feel like Andy Ludwig would have more control at Notre Dame. And you just talked about it with that personnel too. And I got to think that's appealing to have that level of control at a program as historic as Notre Dame. Yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities between Marcus Freeman and Kyle Whittingham. You know, they were both just crazy guys <laughs> coming up um, and they both made that transition to head coach. And obviously there's a lot of time left to really, uh, to really decipher how good Marcus Freeman is. But like at this point in his career, the trajectory and just the overall, like working your way up through the ranks and getting that head coaching job, it's very Kyle Whittingham-esque. And they're both, like I said, defensive minds. Um, we all know how good Marcus Freeman was at Cincinnati. That's how he got this job. He was Notre Dame's defense coordinator. Now their head coach, obviously. So, I mean, he he masters defense. Like He is one of the best defensive minds um, in the game. And I do think that he would give Andy Ludwig a lot more control than Kyle Whittingham would because, you know, Witt has so much experience and this isn't like a knack on him or anything. He has oh. so much experience and like he's seen the game so well. So he just trusts himself more simply put and rightfully so because he has the credentials to back that up. I mean, he's won for so many years in a row. Like he can do that. Marcus Freeman, on the other hand, still kind of getting used to being a head coach. Doesn't have that type of experience that everyone else has. So maybe he will um, give Andy Ludwig a little bit more, a little bit more, more room to work than, than Kyle Whittingham does. And that's another just appealing thing about Notre Dame, in my opinion, you know, I mean, so many different things to look at so many aspects of this job, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think we kind of just look at it and say, like, hey, it, it, it's Notre Dame, you know, and from what we've heard, Notre Dame is going all out to get Andy Ludwig, and it's just just an unfortunate situation at an unfortunate time. It really is. But I think also, like, we just talked about the control and all the things like that. And you're right, it is nothing against Kyle Whittingham because I think every person in every position that they've ever been in life would love to have more control over their situation and what they're able to do. And it's, I don't think Andy Ludwig has any ill will towards Kyle Whittingham or anything no, like that. It's not a bad situation or anything like that. It's just one of those things of like, oh, you're telling me I could have more power over here at a program that brings in higher talent. Also, I'm sure what Notre Dame wants to run is something very similar to the success that Utah's had. Utah's offense, I mean, they are coming off season, which they averaged 38 points per game, 17th overall and total offense in the nation so there's a lot of room for success with that level of personnel and players we know that running game would be absolutely elite and i think the last big pro that i see in this one and i know there's been reports that utah can make a very competitive financial offer i just have a hard time believing once you get notre dame's boosters and everyone involved that notre dame wouldn't be able to outbid utah in this situation and that they would be able to bring in andy ludwig so i do expect andy ludwig would receive a raise by going over and joining a program in addition to upgrading in terms of talent level because of the recruiting classes they're bringing in. Yeah. And bouncing off what you said about the Notre Dame boosters. I mean, if any Notre Dame booster just takes one look at Utah's schedule and sees they beat USC twice, that's all it takes to get Notre Dame fans on board the Andy Ludwig train, because that's all they really care about. Now, you know, they're frustrated. They lost to, they lost to USC last year for the first time, first time in a minute. So um, they're frustrated. They want to get that back and they want to get to that pedigree of one of the, one of the best premier premier colleges in college football, basically, you know, like we've seen USC just go up and just turn around their entire program in the course of after one season, you know, they were four and eight in 2021, now 12 and two or 11 and two um, in, in 2022. And Notre Dame needs to match that, you know, Notre Dame, sure. They were decent this year. They won their bowl game. They were ranked, but like they weren't up there with the USC's they weren't up there with even Utah. So, I mean, they want to beat USC and that's like, that's their kind of, like bar, like they need to be USC. And after that, just go up from there. And if they're behind USC, they're going to be really mad about that. And they're going to let that get to them and beating USC twice 
is on Andy Ludwig's resume. And that's something that's really appealing um, for pretty much everyone in Notre Dame. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been seeing people on social media talk about that. That's all they need to see, all these Notre Dame fans. That's all we need to see. He beat USC twice. They put up 40-plus against them. Utah scored 40-plus against USC the last three times they played him. So, I mean, Andy Ludwig knows how to how to beat USC. Notre Dame wants to beat USC. I mean, as unfortunate as it is, it's, it's like low-key a match made in heaven. Like, Notre Dame yeah. loves using those tight ends. They're considered one of the tight end U's along with Stanford's, the Iowa's, et cetera. All those great programs that put out really good um, tight ends into the NFL. Notre Dame did it this past year with Michael Meyer, probably going to be a first-round pick. And then you look at what Andy Ludwig was able to do with some tight ends that weren't even recruited heavily. Brand Keithy was a borderline three-star crew, two-star crew, depending on where yeah. you look. Uh, Dalton Kincaid was an FCS player. She was an All-American at the FCS level, but not a lot of people knew about him. You know, mm-hmm. Utah was finding these diamonds in the rough, and Andy Ludwig was maximizing their potential to the fullest extent. And at Notre Dame, I mean, the sky's the limit. When you're getting recruits like Michael Meyer, the guys who are that physically talented, I mean, with Andy Ludwig at the helm, they can they could see a lot of improvement on their offense for sure. No, I 1,000% agree. I think that, yeah, it makes – there's a lot of pros, reasons for Andy Ludwig to go take this job. It's going to be something similar – it's going to be interesting to monitor the situation all week as we still yet to hear anything too. I'm sure he's mulling over time thinking about everything, but there's a lot of pros, but there are also a few cons and a few reasons he might want to stay at Utah. We're going to come back in a moment and talk about those. But first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at built bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. Then you got to try a built bar. We just got through the holidays and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try built with built healthy is actually tasty. Seriously. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your new year's resolutions. What makes built bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably Great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I told you guys for years to head over to built.com, but now you can go to your local Smith's or Sam's Club to cash in on the offer. And also these built bars, they're really tasty and healthy. They only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, coconut puffs, salted caramel brownie, batter puffs at your nearest Smith's. If you're close to Sam's Club, run and grab a 13 box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You guys can thank me later. Head over to Built and get in on those great offers. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. Let UCCU make your family's dreams of owning a home come true by making it more affordable. Right now, UCCU is offering a low rate at 7- and 10-year arms with rate inflation protected and adjustable rate mortgage or arm for short. Come with an initial low rate for 7 or 10 years. After that, adjust to, to a rate that fluctuates based on the market. The big advantage of an arm is that it comes with an initial rate that's lower than a conventional mortgage. And with this lower rate, an arm gives you the more purchase power than a traditional mortgage. In fact, you could get up to 10% more house with an adjustable rate mortgage for the same payment as a conventional loan. Plus, an adjustable rate mortgage can make qualifying for a mortgage loan easier for first-time home buyers. To learn more or get an arm, simply visit uccu.com and select the arm that works best for you. Or stop by any UCCU branch. UCCU. Love where you bank. So Dante coming back into this one, just talked about all the pros of reasons Landy Ludwig would want to go to Notre Dame. But I do think there's a few cons of reasons that, hey, you might want to stay at Utah. And I think the first thing I'd look at is it'll still be an adjustment in the middle of the season. There's still things you got to change. Yes, the personnel works great too, but you're still adjusting to a new situation. In your first year, you don't have, it's not the guys you've recruited with and already have built up a relationship and a repertoire with. Yes, they're very talented players, but you don't know them as well as you know the guys at Utah. It's still a new situation. And we've seen adjusting can, can take some time too. And I'll even factor that into my second job of, look, I think Marcus Freeman is going to work at Notre Dame. But there's no question of who has better job security in terms of is it Kyle Winningham or is it Andy Ludwig? Kyle Winningham will be the coach at Utah for as long as he wants to be. At Notre Dame, if Marcus Freeman has two 
down years, I think, where they underperform and can't get to the level they want to, there's a potential they could be looking for a new head coach. So I feel like if you're looking at the safer job too, and also in terms of, look, you know what works, it's been more successful, that's where I think there it would be a con to go to Notre Dame because things are working and clicking pretty good at Utah right now, and the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah, if Notre Dame were to not make a New Year's Six, or well, this year, and if they were to miss out on a 12-team playoff for – either the, that year after or maybe the next two years, I think Marcus Freeman is, is as good as done. You know, you think about yeah. what Brian Kelly did there. I mean, they were making the playoff a good amount of times. So I think they made it oh. twice with him. I mean, sure, they didn't do anything when they actually got there, but, like, they made it. They went undefeated. Yeah. And, like, Marcus Freeman, and in this year, in his first year, they lost to Marshall. They lost to Stanford. Like, those are two really ugly losses. And if they're not able to right the ship and, and get to a New Year's Six, get to that 12-team playoff, that's that's going to be coming in um, um, pretty pretty soon here. I think Marcus Freeman's Freeman's as good as gone, pretty much. I, I like him a lot. I think he's a no nonsense coach, really good coach, um, really great defensive mind. I think he's gonna, I think he will succeed, but yeah, like, great. I mean, just two bad years, a couple a couple of bad years um, could could be it. You know, when you're when you're at Notre Dame, there's a level of level of performance that's kind of expected, and if you're not able to meet that, uh, they'll cut you off pretty quickly there because they they do not joke around about this type of stuff. And at Utah, you I mean you know what you're going to get? Utah hasn't lost a home game with fans in the crowd since 2018. So, I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get with Kyle Whittingham's program. You know exactly what you're going to get with this Utah football team. Utah football's also made the Pac-12 championship the last four times they really could. You know, the one time yep. they didn't was the 2020 season when they only yep. played five games. And that season doesn't really count anyways. You know, the team that won the conference didn't even win their division that year. So, if that if you don't if you need any anything else to let you know that 2020 wasn't real, there you go. But, um, I mean, it's, it all just comes down to what he kind of feels. Because I do think we both know that – Notre Dame is going to outbid Utah significantly yep. in terms of pay. And it's just going to come down to what Andy Ludwig wants to do, because there are a lot of great things about Utah, especially right now of all times, having Cameron Risen coming back. Um, Dal- I mean, not Dalton Kidd, Brent Keithy coming back, all these great players on offense coming back. You know what you're going to get on defense with Andy Ludwig. You know what you're going to get every year with this conference. You know, like I said, with um, Andy Ludwig at the helm, Utah has not missed the Pac-12 championship in a full mm-hmm. season. So, I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, and then with Notre Dame, I mean, there's, I feel like the sky's the limit. I feel like the ceiling is a lot higher at Notre Dame, but also the floor is a lot lower. Whereas with Utah, you know exactly what you're going to get. 100%. And I think you just you talked about, too, with the, the job security and everything. Uh, that loss to Marshall, because we were just talking about boosters and the power they have. I can't imagine that didn't sit very well with all those boosters last year. And boosters have more power now than they ever have in college football because of the way they roll NIL plays. So this would be something interesting to monitor. I think another thing in terms of adjusting, going over to, because – Coach Ludwig has had so much success at Utah. He's very familiar with what the other defensive coordinators in the conference want to do, what to expect out of their personnel. It's it's completely new when you go over and play a lot of these teams. Yes, he'll know what to do with USC, obviously, but a lot of these other teams, you're going to end up playing those being ACC opponents. It is new personnel and new teams to adjust with. So in terms of some of those tendencies and things, it'll be new. You have to learn a couple of things. Just there are a few slight differences that I think it will be like, look, he knows these teams inside now versus he's going to have to probably watch a little bit more film to feel better about some of these guys to dive a little bit more time into it. Also recruiting an entire new area, have to make new relationships, potentially try to upgrade and get those new level of guys connections. There's a lot of newness to it overall. And I think the final thing I'll throw in for cons is it's tougher to make the college football playoff at Notre Dame with the situation they're in because they don't. Yes. And the 12 team will change that a little bit, but you don't have, in terms of the short term for making the college football playoff, you don't have that conference championship win. So for this year, it's going to be very difficult because you can basically only lose 
I mean, even losing one game, it's basically like you got to go undefeated there almost because it's like, well, one game, well, it's like we want to put in one loss Notre Dame or one loss conference champion. That's where it gets really difficult. So I do feel like in the short term, look, maybe in the long term, it'll change a little bit. But until Notre Dame's in a conference, they won't have a conference championship to lean on. So while the ceiling is higher for what they could potentially be, in terms of the short term of what they're already at in a position, we know what a good spot Utah's in in the Pac-12 right now. It's one of the premier programs. Notre Dame, with all, coming off a couple of these down seasons now, doesn't feel like they're currently one of the premier programs in college football. They can get back there very quickly, but that's going to fall on Andy Ludwig's shoulders. And that's going to be quite the burden for a group that's got to turn around in the near future, because as we'd already talked about, those Notre Dame boosters can get pretty loud. That's a fantastic take, JT. And I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm kind of changing my mind now a little bit because you also have to take into account that they're not going to ever be able to get a buy in the college football playoff unless they join conference. Utah this past season, I believe, would have would have been very close, if not would have gotten a bye in the college football play because it's the top four conference champions. Notre Dame can't win a conference championship, so they will never be able to get a first round bye. Utah could go nine and three and get a bye as long as the yep. winner of the ACC, the winner of the, the Big 12, whoever it might be, goes eight and four or something like that. As long as Utah is the fourth best conference champion, they will get a first round bye in the college football play. Whereas Notre Dame, unless they join a conference right now, they have no chance to do that. So Honestly, at this point, I, I would even maybe even say Utah has a higher ceiling at, at this moment in time, just in terms of situation. Obviously, yeah. in terms of resources, Notre Dame is, is up there with the Alabamas, with everyone else. You know, their resources mm -hmm. are their boosters. It, it's incredible. But in terms of just overall situation, like Utah in the Pac-12, where they really only have to beat Washington and Oregon every year, is much easier situation than a Notre Dame is who has to play – who won't have a ton of chances to get like super elite wins. You know, they won't, they won't have a ton of chances at the beginning. And then when they do, when they do get those chances, they're usually playing against an Ohio state, a Clemson, a team that's just kind of like outmatching them. Sure. They beat Clemson this past year, but we saw what happened when they met in the college ball playoff earlier. We see what happened every, pretty much every time they've gone to New Year's six since this, since, I mean, over the last 12 to 13 years, something like that. So, I mean, uh, I think there are a lot of great options. Are there are a lot of great reasons to take both jobs, but Regardless, I think it just comes down to him, honestly, because like, like yeah. we were saying, you know, Utah's got some great things going for them. You know what you're going to get with Notre Dame, those resources and that money. I mean, the, re the boosters, it's all it's all crazy over there. They don't they don't they don't take this lightly. No, they don't. Absolutely. And once again, we've said the potential for what's the has the higher ceiling. It's definitely Notre Dame. But what's easier or harder? Is it easier to build something or is it easier to just when you've already built something kind of be able to like, oh, we can just keep doing what we've already done year in after year. That's what he's been able to do at Utah. So it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how this whole situation will work out as Andy Ludwig still decides if he wants to make this decision. And then it'll be fascinating to see what Utah does with their offensive coordinator position. As I talked about on yesterday's show, I feel like it's going to be Jim Harding in that situation, but there's still a lot of adjustment and things we'll have to look and see. So Something that'll be fun to watch for is no, not lacking for content on locked on use when it comes to Utah football. Just when you think you might be that all of a sudden stuff like this gets thrown in. So it's always interesting to see how it works out. We're going to come back in a second and close on a couple of with the NFL season coming to an end that wraps up the year for all of the Utes in the NFL. Officially, we're going to come back and touch on all of those guys and the seasons they had in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Guys, with FanDuel, they have a great opportunity. It's the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and three. 
Kyrie's dream. There were a ton of fun trades in the NFL. Kevin Durant to the Suns, Lakers making moves, lots of other quality moves around the NFL, excuse me, around the NBA as teams are trying to set themselves up for the second half of the season run with playoffs really closing in. So make sure you guys head over to FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Dante coming in to close this one out. We will not have a football game again, sadly, until August uh, for preseason and NFL games will get rolling again in September. So closes the season with the end of the Super Bowl and the Kansas City Chiefs winning it. Uh, once again, as we talked about yesterday, shout out to Alex Whittingham for becoming a two-time Super Bowl champ. But it closes the season for a number of youths in the NFL. Um, just in general, I think you look at the guys that are in great position or had a lot of success this season. It is so awesome that Utah's in this position. And we know that Clark Phillips and Dalton Kincaid both with potential now to be, it feels like Dalton. I mean, some people really like Dalton, so it doesn't seem like it'd be as shocking if he ends up in the first round. Now I'm still interested to wait and see how it all settles in. But look, Daniel Jeremiah is one of the people I respect as much as anyone in the NFL draft community. When he's got Dalton in the first round, I tend to listen. So we'll be interested to see how that works out, but just talk about the use in the NFL. I mean, Devin Lloyd, fantastic rookie season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tyler Huntley made it to the pro bowl, was able to make some nice throws and do some things down there too. Marcus Williams missed out on some games due to injury, but man, he is just an absolute ball Hawk on the back end at safety. Garrett Bowles had a little bit of a down year with the Broncos, but we know he's a guy who's already been an all pro too. So, or excuse me, a pro bowler chance to get back to that level. Cody Barton done a great job for the Seahawks this last year. What a surprise they were. And he did a great job starting in the inside. Matt Gay won a Super Bowl last with the Rams still was a quality kicker for them all season. Britton Covey had some of his best returns in the Super Bowl. So that was fun to see Zach Moss flash with the Colts late lucky Foto playing as a reserve for the Cardinals all year long. And Tim Patrick missed out on an injury, but we know when he's back healthy, he's going to be dangerous, but, Man, there are a lot of youths in the NFL right now, Dante. And I know you've been writing about them all season, so it's been fun to see what they're capable of. Yeah, most definitely. You know, next year we're looking forward to seeing Tim Patrick come back too. Uh, Garrett Bowles was obviously injured for a hefty amount of time this year. So hopefully a big bounce back from the youths that are on the Broncos because I think they were a team that a lot of people were expecting a lot out of this year and obviously didn't really get anywhere close to their expectations. And, I mean, we saw Tyler Huntley ball out in the Pro Bowl. That was a lot of fun. The flag football game, he threw four touchdowns, almost 200 yards. He was one of the best players on the field there. So that was really cool to see. And obviously, Brent Covey last night, or yeah, last night, uh, had a 27-yard return, had another nice return too. So nice to see him do those things on the biggest stage possible in the sport of football. So, I mean, overall, just a really good year um, from the guys. And obviously, Marcus Williams too. I feel like if he actually had a chance to play a full season, I mean, we'd be talking about him more than anyone because he was all over the place when he was on the field. His Quarterbacks had a pass rating of, I think, 43 when targeting him. And he had like four interceptions across like like 10 games or something like that. He had a crazy, crazy season for the sample size that he played, just making plays left and right, just doing everything for them. And then Zach Moss, I think, is going to be another interesting situation to monitor because a lot of people that were really high on Zach Moss coming out of the draft were a little bit lower on him after seeing him in those couple of years at Buffalo. And now he's in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor goes down. He had a really good uh, last stretch of the season. He had, I think, three games in a row where he was – just putting up solid numbers, you know, so it's really good to see him do well. And I think that's going to be an interesting situation because the Colts still have Jonathan Taylor when he's coming back. Maybe Zach Moss is going to be just his backup. Maybe he goes somewhere else and gets a better shot. You never know. So, I mean, it's going to be a really fun offseason to watch. And obviously can't wait. Um, can't, can't wait till I start counting down the days until uh, the hall of fame game next August. So, yeah. 
yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for those youths to get rolling in what a lot of them will be just another great season for them. And some of them in their first year, as we talked about. I think one thing, because we just mentioned the Pro Bowl, I think a guy with a good chance to be a Pro Bowler for the first time next year is Devin Lloyd. I think when you look at what he was able to do with the Jags this year, he's only going to get better next year. I think he's a guy I look at that could be in for a big second year. And I also think if you're looking at from the rookie youths, we have to see what situation they're going to end up in. But Man, I tell you what, if some of those later teams feel like they're in a position to take a luxury pick and they want to roll the dice on Dalton Kincaid, if he's able to land in one of those offenses that has been able to produce a lot and has a reliable quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dalton amongst those that group as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think of teams off the top of my head that I would think he would, he would just like slot right in on. But a lot of these like really Chargers is rumored to a lot. Yeah, Chargers would be nice, but the Chargers don't use like any tight ends. Like they signed Gerald Everett, who yeah. just was coming off the best season of his career in Seattle, and he dropped a dud. You know, Donald Parham is six foot eight, one of the fastest tight ends in the league. Hardly ever use him. So I really don't know what the Chargers were thinking. I mean, I would love to see Dalton on the Chargers because that's honestly the team that I, that I usually support in the NFL. Um, but I just don't know if he'd really be used. I mean, obviously Joe Lombardi just got fired, so maybe there's a little bit yeah. a little bit more room for uh, some tight end tight end targets, but. Uh, uh, that'll be a fun, that'll be a fun situation to watch just because Justin Herbert is just out of this world. His arm talent is ridiculous. So seeing him and Dalton and K together would be really fun. If Dalton were able to just like get on the field and just get good targets, if the offense coordinator were able to just come in and start utilizing these tight ends, because I mean, even Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, these guys are quality tight ends in the NFL and they're just Mm -hmm. never used and it really limits the Chargers offense. So, I mean, if they're able to add Dalton, that'd be really cool to see. And if they were able to just implement tight ends in their offense, it would open up a ton. But I mean, you think about like last night, we saw Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard, two of the best tight ends to go, tight ends in the game go at it. So I mean, a lot of these teams already have an elite tight end, but wherever he ends up, I, I do believe that he'll get a he'll get a fair share of targets because that's just what he does, you know. Really wide catch rate is really shifty in the open field. He just does it all. And what a great player. So wherever he ends up, I believe that he'll he'll get playing time and he'll do what he does, what he what we saw him do at Utah. But I mean, it, I think in terms of where he goes, it'll just take some time. Like if he were to go to a bad situation, take some more time to get adjusted. If he were to go yeah. to a really good team like the Chargers, who were to hire a hire Kellen Moore. We saw Kellen Moore use some tight ends in Dallas this year. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see some more tight end use from the Chargers. But I mean, if you were to go there, that'd be a really fun team to watch because of just how talented that offense is in general. Yeah, it'll be fun to see all these guys free agency coming up. So we'll see if any of them end up changing teams via trades, releases. You never know what's going to happen. Also, the combine. So we'll be looking forward to breaking that down for those youths who got a chance. A couple of youths got combine invites. We'll be talking about that very soon on Locked on Youths. But that is going to do it for our show today. But if you guys are in the market for a second listen every single day, I want to make sure you guys check out Locked on College Basketball. You can get everything you need to know on the hardwood from the experts in one place. They have big name interviews, insiders, coaches, and players all coming on. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate Dante for joining us as always. If you guys want to check out his work, head over to YouTube or just give him a follow on Twitter at Dante Guardi. Thanks, Dante, again for joining us. And that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on.